Susan Barnes, Chief Financial Officer at Pacific Biosciences. I worked for Apple for four years and then next for six. Welcome to Her Time Has Come, a podcast that tells stories of female leaders from different walks of life. I am Willow Taylor, and this is a podcast project for my ninth grade quest project at the Nueva School. Each episode of Her Time Has Come will interview a woman in a position of power from a different field and experience and ask her about her story of getting to the top. Susan Barnes is sitting in a black rolling chair at Pacific Biosciences in Menlo Park, California, of which she has been the chief financial officer for eight years. Her cardigan is brown with little dashes of orange, and her pale blonde hair is kept back with a headband. The meeting room is disproportionately large to the amount of space that we take up. Barnes began her work in finance and tech in the 1980s, which in itself is daunting. But she also was, two years out of business school, the controller at the Macintosh division of Apple, one of the biggest leaders in the field of nearly all men. She accredits this confidence and determination to lead in a male-dominated field to attending an all-girls school for college, more specifically, Bryn Mawr in Pennsylvania. Just having that voice and that right to be at the table, so to speak, uh, was a very comfortable level, and, and there was no one else in that room other than smart women around you. But after college, as a woman in tech in the 1980s, she experienced frequent and varied sexism and harassment throughout her career. It's periodic. I think it it comes sometimes in very simple ways, like being cut off when you make a point, and then someone in the room who's male makes a point. Barnes describes a time when she and her few other female co-workers were lewdly or disrespectfully talked about or to, when rude gestures were directed towards them or when they were mansplained to countless times. It comes in a hundred ways. In addition to microaggressions, Barnes recalled overt sexual advances during work as well. Be, after school, before I went back to, to, to get my MBA, I did work in a printing company. From an admin position, she quickly rose her way through the ranks to finally manage production. But there, she faced overt sexual harassment from one of her employees. Every day, some form of harassment at some point, whether that was, you know, I'd go out to the factory floor and say to, you know, one of the head production people, I need to run this job today and this job tomorrow. And, and the, the guy would go, I love you. Oh, you're so gorgeous. You're so beautiful. Will you give me a kiss? And, you know. So I had to ask, had she seen any changes since the beginning of her career and now? Was sexual harassment less prevalent today? No, I don't. Actually, I don't. I see it a lot to young women around me. Uh, I have some very brilliant, beautiful marketing women who were getting harassed by customers at an event. They're scientists, and they're making comments about what they're wearing at a customer-sponsored event and how pretty they look and whether they should go home with them. And I'm like, you can't act that way. Additionally, Barnes recalls she had heard of a college with something called rape steps. When she asked what that meant, someone she knew explained. There's steps, positions, so that women can run 
quickly up them, but men's strides stumble. How can you go to a college where you have to worry about that? She said, how can you go to a college where you don't worry about that? What I feel that I can do now that I couldn't do before is I can call it out and knock back down on it. There's a wonderful cartoon I love, I'd like to quote about. It's a Dilbert cartoon where there's a woman. I found the cartoon myself after much searching. The first panel shows a woman asking the janitor, Willie, to remove a mouse from her office. The next pain is the janitor as he laughs and says, 25 years of the so-called women's movement and nothing is different. In the third and last panel, the woman's cartoon eyebrows draw together into a line and she says, do it now or I'll fire your butt. The janitor responds, this part is a little different. Although Barnes remembered it a little differently, the sentiment was not forgotten. And she said, yeah, but you know what? Now I can fire you. Barnes had a couple pieces of advice for young women seeking to be leaders. The last piece of advice she gave was one that she had learned from her old boss, or as she put it, her inspiration. My inspiration was working for someone like Steve Jobs. And in, in a certain way, sometimes I used to tease that he was my negative role model. But underneath it all, I think there was a person there that deeply emotionally cared about what he was building and what he was doing. And so he always gave me permission to bring emotions into what I was doing. It can be scary sometimes when you're emotional about things, but on the other hand, it's what inspires people. As an aspiring writer, I'm always curious as to what stories of the women's lives they want to leave behind and who they want to dedicate those experiences to. So, in closing, I asked her if she had to write a book on her experiences as a woman, what would the title be and who would she dedicate it to? Management through emotion, because I'm not afraid to do that. And, and I would dedicate it to Steve because he, he gave me a lot of freedom to do that and a lot of freedom to care and sometimes you know, there is always that fear that when you care passionately about something as a woman, you can get brushed as, oh, she's being a bitch. But she said that at the end of the day. It was always dreaming and believing and working through passion. And, and I always felt if I could do that for someone who worked for me, not only could they feel comfortable with me, they could tell me when I was wrong. And... That's how you unleash real talent. Thank you, Susan Barnes, for being my wonderful guest this episode. Thank you to my mentors, Vicki Che and Ashley Westerman, for their help with production. 
Thank you to Squarespace for hosting my website, hertimehascome.com. Special thanks to OfiSafe for everything, my dog Snowy for emotional support during late night editing, and the Nueva School for letting me use their equipment, space, and the freedom they allowed me to pursue my passions.